Today marks the start of our official off-season coverage with the top five teams in cap space, top five draft picks, and trade candidates. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Pal Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros, and we have a full episode tonight. And uh, we are going, going, we are doing our official off-season preview. We do this every year where we break down every aspect of it, go, starting with free agency. We talk about all of the draft prospects. We talk about draft picks. We talk about trade candidates. So that is what we have this for this episode in store for you guys. Um, we have, so this off season as for its official schedule, we have the franchise tag, uh, window that starts today and goes through March 5th. We have the legal tampering period that starts on March 11th. And then official free agency start is March 13th. And we have the combine that starts on February 6th, uh, 26th and goes through, I believe March 4th. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But uh, the NFL draft, April 25th, and that goes through May. So we have a I, – I got to say, out of all of the off-seasons for all of the four major sports, between the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, the NFL has the most eventful off-season. It's one where you can legitimately sit there and actually enjoy the content that's coming out. Um, and all the news, all the players moving around. It's one of the mo more active free agencies uh, out of all the sports in the U.S. So I'm excited for it. You know, so am I. I, I do enjoy the offseason. I do. From the draft to free agency, uh, not really the franchise tag window, but that's an argument for another time. I definitely think we're going to see a lot of big changes this year, some big names on the move, you know, the ones that don't get tagged, that is. And, of course, well, we have a lot of teams at the bottom that are going to be working their way up. So, uh, speaking of which, some of those bottom feeders, my understanding, have a lot of money. So, uh, what's that looking like, Adam? Well, we'll start off with the top five teams in cap space. And that leads off with number one, which is Washington, with 83 mil. New England with 73, Tennessee with 72 million, Chicago with 70 mil, and Indianapolis with 66 million. So keep in mind, this is something that we will touch on again when we go over the top five draft picks. Uh three of the some three of the so the top three picks in the NFL draft are all in the top five in payroll. So Washington's number two overall, New England's number three overall in the draft, and Chicago, because of Carolina, of course, they weren't that bad, but 
Carolina helped them out. They have the number one overall pick. And so these teams have top five, top five money in, in uh, cap space. So going over Washington, uh, obviously if you're number two overall, you don't take offensive line. And they that's where they need the most help besides quarterback. So I think you I can would actually see- argue uh, defense personally. Their defense last season couldn't stop a nosebleed. And their secondary was continually just bombed. It was awful. Yeah, but the quarterback, if they're taking a new quarterback, they need to protect him. I yeah. wouldn't go no I would not go number number two overall. You gotta take a quarterback. That's well we can well, I mean, I'm just gonna say I feel like we can kind of save that for like our actual draft pick talk later yeah, in the segment. Sure. But, sure. but this is just cap space, what you can do now. And obviously, I think you take a quarterback, we can obviously break it down like what it's gonna be. But I'd say this for agency, there are a few good tackles, you go after them and you stock up on defense because you are now down both of your premium edge rushers in sure. uh Chase Young and Montez Sweat. You drafted Emmanuel Forbes last year in the first round. He doesn't look that great. And Adam, you mentioned before this episode, there are a lot of good corners in free agency. Sure. So, and I don't care how great the Washington pass rush may or may not be, even with guys like Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. What difference does it make if the quarterback can just run out of the pocket and just have everything break down? Or your corner's already getting toasted before the rushers even get there. I mean, I'm just saying they have to look at that defense. And even though Ron Rivera is gone, he was still a defensive-minded guy. And when you have a defensive-minded coach in Ron Rivera and your defense is still that bad and he's gone, your defense might actually get worse. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I didn't say that we shouldn't look at the – I didn't say we we shouldn't look at the, the, uh, the defense. I was just saying that if you, I think your top priority absolutely should be the offensive line. You can, you can, with the amount of money they have, 83 million, they could do both. But what I'm saying is you should first be focusing on the, uh, those tackles that you have going there. Um, There's a lot, there's a couple of good uh, offense, some offensive line free agents. It's not a deep free agency class. Which is why I think you should that among the fact that you are trying to, to draft a quarterback, you got to protect the you got to protect them, and that market could dry up fast because it's not deep. Yeah, so they they have a long laundry list of things they need to do, but oh yeah, I, yeah. Just think, I just think that you need to priority one is protecting the quarterback. Priority two is definitely shore up that defense because they definitely need it. Going to New England. This is a team with tons and tons of needs. Uh, there is a combination of different things that Patriots fans want to be done through the draft and through free agency. My thoughts are work on that offensive line again. And there, so number one and two in cap space are going to be fighting for offensive line prospects, uh, fr- offensive line free agents, because they're both in the market for a quarterback. And whichever guy you draft next, you need to make sure that he's protected so that you don't hurt him in his first year. You don't want to pull a Cincinnati Bengals or an Indianapolis Colts where you have your franchise quarterback and you're getting him hurt all the time. In fact, the Colts did it twice. They did it this past year, and I was referring originally to Andrew Luck. Then you realized. 
And then also Peyton Manning, who they got killed eventually, and he fleed over to Denver. So you see what I mean? And didn't Anthony Richardson just get hurt this year too? Yes, and they are also top five in cap space. So a couple of so a lot of teams here in the uh in the running for offensive line in free agency, and uh someone is going to get porked here. Yeah. Um Chicago is number four. And there's Tennessee as well. So at three. Sorry, I went out of I went out of order because I mentioned the Colts who are five. Mm. But these are all teams that need a lot of offensive line help. I guess the the I guess the Bears don't. Yeah, not as much. No, and uh, Adam, right now I'm looking at some of like the top tackles on the market. It's not that good. No, it's not. I mean, the biggest name is obviously Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys, but he already said he wants man to stay, is, apparently. And he's, other he's than that, how old is he? Thirty-three. I was getting there. So it's beyond the fact that he wants to stay. He's thirty-three. I don't know how much he has left in the tape. You have the Jets' Dwayne Brown, who just happens to be thirty-eight. You have now. Here's an interesting one: New England's Trent Brown. New England has made it abundantly clear they're not going to resign him. But this guy has some horrible attitude issues. That man, unless you've got like, unless you're waving a dollar in front of him, does not care. You have Jonah Williams of the Cincinnati Bengals, who I think could use a great change of scenery. He'll be fine. Yash, he'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. I think Yash Neiman of the I think that's how it's pronounced the Green Bay Packers is a great. You know, great free agency addition. Mm-hmm. Then you have other guys like Cornelius Lucas and George Fant that are older, but older but like okay. Yeah. Did Same George Fant even Smith. find? A, did George Fant even find a new team? Because I know he was a free agent last year. Yeah, he has was. He in just Houston. been sitting. Has he been sitting on the couch this whole time? No, he was in Houston. Okay, so he made his way to right, which makes sense because early on in the season, in that yeah. during that season, they had a, they had some injury issues on that offensive line. Um, but Donovan Smith is one I like a little bit. I know he's heavily penalized, but I think what I'm starting to, what, what the, what the Kansas city chiefs have taught me the past couple of years, a very highly, a very, an extremely penalized offensive line. One that does not play clean football, but you know what they do is that is they keep their quarterback upright. So if you're causing a lot of penalties, sometimes it'll be called, especially during the regular season. You're going to lose some yardage. But what what would you rather have? Would you rather lose 10 yards from a holding call? Or would you rather have the quarterback get killed and then get injured and then you're, you have even bigger problems? And eventually, yes. once you get to the postseason, they swal- the refs swallow their whistles. Like Jawan Taylor and Donovan For Smith. Some teams. Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith were penalized all the time. And they were holding and those holding those holding penalties never stopped. They never well, the penalties never the penalties stopped. I'll stop there. The penalties stopped. The holding never did. Which is why I'm thinking if you're looking to stay in contention and protect your quarterback, obviously we don't want we want to we want a tackle who plays clean football. But I think I would rather one that gets penalized a lot than one that can't play the position. If that makes sense, because then yeah. Tom Brady had the same issue in, in Tampa. Remember Donovan Smith was in Tampa too. 
Mm-hmm. And Tristan yeah. Wirfs was okay. Like he's one of the better tackles in football, but that entire offensive line had had penalty issues. They were not a disciplined football team, but they kept Brady upright and gave them a chance to win. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But among, but other than an offensive line, I mean, you look at a lot of these teams, right? You know, these guys that desperately need help. You know, Washington, Tennessee, Chicago, Indy. I'm noticing that they also need receiver help. Maybe not Chicago, not Chicago. but New England, and definitely not Washington, but New England, Tennessee, and to a lesser extent, Indy. They all need it. And yep. And when you look at this wide receiver class in free agency, holy crap, it is deep. It's just some. Yeah, I mean, maybe these guys aren't all ones, but they could slot in and be like a high end two. Ready? Yep. Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Cedric Wilson, Kendrick Bourne, DJ Chark, uh, Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley. I don't know. Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, perhaps. A lot of these guys are going to be tagged, but. Yeah, and that's that's the, the rub, as they call it, isn't it? A lot of these guys, especially Higgins, maybe Pittman, I don't know. They're going to get tagged. And, of course, uh, my tag rant will be coming at a later date. Don't you worry about that, gang. But I just – but either either way, you have guys like Ridley and guys like Brown and guys like, uh, you know, Boyd that are still going to be free agents. And and who's going to get perennial 1,000-yard receiver Mike Evans. So Mike Evans is a little on the older cool. side, but um, he could go to a win now team. Like, he could go to a, yeah. yeah, which is going to be a question of which team will that be? Because none of these teams in the top five, I think, will be winning in the next couple of years. Maybe Chicago. Maybe Chicago if they draft the right guy and he's he's ready to. They can develop him. Yeah, or if just or the, if they stick with Justin Fields, but I think if they stay with Justin Fields, they're not winning. Yeah, and but yeah, uh, Washington. I don't think needs receiver help because you know you already have. I mean, I know you're losing Curtis Samuel, but you already have Scary Terry and Jahan Dotson. New England, yeah. they need literally all the help they can get. I've said many times that wide receiver has been a pressing need for years. They're going into off seasons with wide receivers their biggest need, and they're leaving with it as their biggest need. Which I don't know how as a GM you let that happen, but whatever. The Titans. You have Traylon Burks, a shell of DeAndre, and a shell of DeAndre Hopkins, and that's literally it. Um, yeah. If you're New England, you have a couple of ways that you could cover this need too, because they're going to, they're not going to. uh, Caleb Williams and Drake May aren't going to last. You could say you could draft Jaden Daniels, who's been so far a popular mock draft candidate. But if you went, let's say you went and took Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you went and got a veteran quarterback some some way, somehow. Not an elite veteran, but somebody who could just hold down the fort while they build the, uh, the rest of the team. They draft Marvin Harrison Jr. They sign free agents for the offensive line. And then maybe a year or so from now, a year or two from now, they draft their guy. Because you don't, if you draft a wide receiver now, 
and you don't do it correctly, I'm and when I say don't do it correctly, I mean if you don't sign some free agents on the on that offensive line to help to help with this team, um, if and and sign the right ones, you could end up in the same position you were with Mac Jones. Because if you're signing these free agents on the on the offensive line, you're probably not going to get the wide receiver. So if you sign the wrong free agents, or if you just neglect it entirely, then you're literally in the same spot. And God forbid Jaden Daniels gets hurt or Drake May, yeah. which would make it even worse because you're then you're, now you're just wasting a number three overall pick on a player who probably won't pan out, even if he was the guy. That's going to be a problem. Um. So there's a couple ways that New England could tackle this. What they could also do is uh, is draft a wide receiver. You draft Jaden Daniels, you neglect the wide receiving the wide receiving position another year, and then you go out and you get some free agents for the offensive line. I think I would rather Jaden Daniels be protected than have targets, at least for this offseason. Then you go and get that guy, and maybe you maybe you work the trade market. Uh, T Higgins is a guy who's available. Sign and trade. Uh. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. I feel like that falls more under draft talk than uh, anything, you know. But as far as free agency goes, they do have the money to really work with a lot of stuff. We'll just have to see what they do, I guess. Yeah, and we will get to that next. The top five draft picks and what they should do with it. That's next, Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. We are on to the NFL draft with the top five draft picks. So we lead off with number one, which is the Bears, who who acquired Carolina's first round pick, turned into the number one overall pick, Bryce Young. Even if he is the guy, clearly has not developed enough to lead this team to any wins, and the Bears were benefactors of that getting the number one overall pick for the second year in a row. Uh, Washington is number two. They were number one in cap space. They're number two on the draft boards. New England is number three overall. They were number two in cap space, number three on the draft boards. Arizona at four, and then the Chargers at five. So leading off in our thoughts on this draft, Chicago is whatever they do is going to shape the the entire draft because they they for the second year in a row they have a bit of a dilemma on their hands. So they are still unsure that Justin Fields is the guy. <clears throat> he played poorly to start the season, but heated up towards the end of it. So could they trade the number one overall pick? and go to Justin Fields? Or could they trade Justin Fields and say, screw it, we're starting over? I lean starting over. 
He's had three years to actually prove something that he is the right guy. And he still hasn't fully done it yet. Will he be, will he pan out? Maybe he could, but at this point you're going to have to pay him. So are you going to pay 45 mil for a guy who you don't even know is the guy yet? I think that's a little stupid. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. And, uh, I just want to say it sucks because at the time I was a huge Justin Fields fan when he was in the draft. But I think it's actually in Fields' best interest to have a clean slate somewhere else, perhaps in a with a team like Pittsburgh or Atlanta. Like, yeah. It just and, he did not develop enough of a passing of a passing ability. Yeah. They were saying it got better towards the end of the season, but it didn't. He yeah, didn't but throw for what he threw for more than 250 yards once. And he only and he didn't yeah. throw for more than one more than one touchdown pass during that time. He was exactly. not Exactly. And I've said this in previous episodes like this happened last year with the whole, oh he heats up at the end of the year. Well, no, once again, I have news for you. If you're just heating up at the end of the year, that doesn't help you if you're already darn near out of the playoffs and in a hole. Exactly. So the thing is with Chicago, it's not what we want them to do. It's what, we, it's what they will do. And frankly, it's even, I truly believe they're going to move on from Justin Fields. Why is that? New OC and a new quarterbacks coach. I'm just saying. Like, that's all you need to know about it, really. I mean, that's literally it. And, and the Bears have put out, and you can go read this, it would take a, and I quote, historic haul to get them to move on from the number one overall pick. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a team that's planning to to that's planning to trade the number one pick. Exactly. But if they but they also don't want to show their hand. Well, they don't want to they don't want to say that they're going to keep it either because they don't want anyone to anticipate what they're going to do. You just that's typically just GMing. You don't want to show your hand. But I agree with you. I think I think they are going I think what they should do is keep is uh, keep the number one pick in trade fields. I think that's what they're going to do. And that's I think it's the right decision. You need to move on from Justin Fields. He's a good kid. He looks like he has talent. He can play in this league, just not to the extent that the Bears want him to. Yeah. And it seems like they want him to do things that he c- clearly cannot do. They want him to pass more. Their, offen- their, their offensive coordinator tried to get him to do that. He couldn't do it. He just can't. That's fine. It's okay. Go to the Falcons then. Because that's a team that looks like you can be a fit there. Um, yeah. So Washington and New England are kind of in civil, similar spots. Um, both teams that need a quarterback. Only difference is that Washington has the wide receivers. So I would even I would more argue that they're actually closer to the Bears than the than the Patriots, because wide receiver isn't their biggest need. In fact, it's far from it. But Washington, it's a it's a slam dunk. You're going. Yeah, you you are quarterback. But I guess you need the, to take the quarterback. Yeah, but at this point in time, I guess the question is: Do you take May or do you take Daniels? Now I'm almost done with my scouting on both of them, and I lean more towards Jaden Daniels. I do, and I think in that offense he's going to do well. I just. I don't know about Drake May. I I really don't. And I'll give him lots of credit as when he played in North Carolina, he didn't have top flight receivers. 
You know, he didn't have a nationally ranked offensive line. So he does show the ability to make something out of nothing. However, when it comes to going through his progressions and reading defenses, those leave a lot to be desired. And full disclosure, that should scare a lot of people because all the issues are in the, that six inches between his ears. And it's it's not good. Like, it's actually very concerning. So I would actually take uh, Jaden Daniels personally. However, I don't know why. I just can't shake this feeling that Washington is going to draft May. And then that leads us to New England, where I wholeheartedly – I'm not saying May's a bad prospect, but a lot of his issues are cerebral. Like, even basic disguise coverages can fool him completely. You know, he's very – May. He's very gullible. He will, he will, whenever the defense baits him into something, he will take the bait nine out of 10 times. But as far as New England, well, I think that uh, they're, they're literally just going to take whoever is available between Daniels and May. As a Pats fan, I really hope it's Jaden Daniels personally, but, but I, I don't know. I mean, depending, and I know everybody is saying, oh, they need to go O-line. But let me tell you something. You do not go O-line top three. The It's kind of like taking a running back top ten. You don't it's, do it. It's just bad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and everybody says, oh, I know it's not the sexy, flashy position, but it's a position of need. But here's the thing. You don't you take O-line. Them later. Exactly. You don't take o-line top three because it's no there's no flash because there is no visible roi that's just smart gming and the only way you can even think or even dream about going o-line that early is if this is like a consensus like can't miss generational talent and i got news for you i love Shanu. i love joe all yeah no but even then just trade but even then, trade back and take another, get another asset for the next year, so that you could have a chance at another player that that is a position of need that high up. Like I just, I just okay. think there's no, there's no excuse from for drafting a tackle this early. And a no, lot of the times they don't I, pan I out. I don't think they will. And a lot I mean, of the times they depends on what they do in free agency, but that's the thing. A lot of the what times they don't pan out. Yeah. Um. Another thing is um. Yeah, the only I think both I think the, the here's a reason why I've really been toying with the idea of tr- taking taking uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. at three. I think he's more of a can't miss prospect than Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Oh, because absolutely. yes, I like Drake. I like Jaden Daniels more than Drake May, but Jaden Daniels makes me a little nervous too. He kind of he his prospect comparisons have been more to more along the lines of dual threat quarterbacks, like not Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type. I mean like Lamar Jackson and I like Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson as much as the next, the next NFL fan, as much as the next Ravens fan. I don't know if a player of, of that play style is capable of winning Super Bowls. See, here's the thing with Jane Daniels. He's not a run first quarterback. And that kid is a cannon of an arm. He does. What worries me is actually something that a lot of people don't talk about. He's oversized. That man. Undersized. Huh? Undersized. No, no, undersized in in weight, not in height. He's like 6'4". Weight, you can bulk up. That's not that too big of a deal. Sure. It's just that 
This kid is armed to the teeth at LSU. He has potentially two receivers that could go in the first round in uh, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. If he goes to a team like New England where the cupboard is bare, then I don't know what's going to happen. You could give him the best O-line in the world. These receivers will not create separation. You can blame the O-line as much as you want, but Devontae Parker is statistically the worst receiver in the league at creating separation. Juju's bottom 10 in that category as well. Kendrick Bourne's coming off an ACL tear. Then there's Demario Douglas, who I very Kendrick Bourne's a free agent too, by the way. Oh, yeah, and and he's Um, a free agent. Also, so like, yeah. I so I, I agree with you there. Here's what I'm I'm also very concerned about. When he does scramble, when he moves out of the pocket, he takes some irresponsible hits. That's something when I when I saw some of his film, I that's the first thing that jumped out at me. Like at least Lamar Jackson, he knew how to Lamar Jackson, not only is he big, but he's elusive. He doesn't let himself get hit and he knows when to slide. Hmm. Um Cam Newton was at least big. He could plow through guys, and he was able to last at least 12 years in the league. Um, Jaden Daniels is none of those things. I guess he's a I guess he's elusive, but he doesn't he allows himself to get hits in ways that Lamar Jackson does not. So that's yeah, something no, that worries no, me. A I get bit. that, but that's only when he rolls out of the pocket. Whenever he runs out and is like a design QB run or the play breaks down, he does slide and he does duck out of bounds. It's the whole east-west thing that is where my concerns come in and either way i will contend that is something that can be coached out of him okay if he can then that's great it's just i don't know there's something about there's something about it that just makes me nervous about it Uh, Um, both both of them makes make me nervous especially since lsu lsu is not known for quarterbacks let's not forget that i know they got joe burrow what's up you see now look I mean, I was going to say, I know we have Joe Burrow, but and you do raise a point. However, it is also worth noting, in my humble opinion, that everybody said the same thing about Ohio State and C.J. Stroud. You know, he, he looks fine to me. I like C.J. Stroud, in fact. However, oh yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I've never been too, too fond of arguments like that. Kind of like how you feel about when people say, oh, it's just the Cowboys. So of course they won't win. It's kind of like that same vein. I didn't, I don't like the argument, but they, the other side always ends up being right. Yeah, so, like, so, so maybe we're just flip-flopped here. But I mean, I'm just saying, if we're not going to like one argument, we are not going to like the other. All I'm but, saying is, they like there's an yes there's an exception to every rule but that doesn't mean that generally there's if it if it happens over and over and over again then there probably is a reason for it the way they're coached the way that offense is run uh, i mean they are loaded to the gills with talent on both in both of those schools on the wide receiver side they're yeah. always getting what they're i mean and you said it yourself he's loaded to the teeth with oh yeah wide receivers So there's just something off about that. There is like more natural talent. Like I said, he's got a booming arm. He's like when it comes to throwing the ball, impeccable decision-making, great locker room guy. So I like him. But moving on like real quick to we've talked endlessly about these prospects, right? And we're moving and we talked about Chicago and Washington doing what they should do. Now, Arizona, I actually think – that's an easy pick, Marvin Harrison Jr. Get or Kyler Murray that get get huh? 
Or Malik Neighbors, yeah. No, no, it would no, be no. a bit Marvin of a Harrison reach, but Jr., that is the guy. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best prospect in this draft. You heard I know. it here first. I know. I, I only say, say I only Get... say Mar I'm sorry. I only say Marvin Harrison Jr. because uh, uh I only say Malik, Malik Neighbors Jr. because this would be in case New yeah. England takes Harris yeah. uh Harrison Jr., which and is and a full disclosure. I would want Marvin Harrison Jr. in New England. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. But but, but I do think that quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three. I know it's rare, but I think it will happen. It probably will, yeah. Yeah, it probably will. But, oh, man, oh, man. Kyler Murray slinging it deep to Marvin Harrison Jr. That's going to be scary. And I Flash, like that. I do. Yeah, flashes of the old Larry Larry Fitzgerald days. Um, mm-hmm. You can even go back to uh, DeAndre Hopkins when he was traded there. They are they've oh, yeah, just, they've just been known for good uh, for good wide receiver play. And it just doesn't feel right that mm-hmm. their number one receiver the past couple of years has been Marquise Brown. Yep. And and pick five. Now, for me, this is the real mystery. The LA Chargers. I'm hearing rumblings of O-line. We already have guys like Corey Lindsley and Rashawn Slater, but I guess other tackle wouldn't work, but you would have to move Rashawn Slater to right tackle, which I don't think is right. Yeah. Oh, I made a joke accidentally. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> and then, of course, I've also heard rumors about Brock Bowers, the tight end. But after Kyle Pitts happened, you can probably take a guess about how I feel about tight ends going that early, at least in the top five. I'm not saying Brock Bowers can't be good, but I don't know. So I've heard receiver or corner. You know, that that is what I'm hearing. And corners, they're the two kids from Alabama, Terion Arnold and Kool-Aid McKinstry, they're I think they're neck and neck at corner one. Like you can flip them either way, in my humble opinion. Sure. But I don't think as good as they are, you can justify them going that high. So Chargers, I wouldn't rule them out. I think they're going to get Justin Herbert another weapon, be it probably Malik Neighbors would be a great option because I know you're not supposed to double dip at the same position in first round back-to-back drafts. But, oh, God, Quentin Johnson looked terrible. And Mike Williams. Huh? The Eagles did it once too. Yeah. But, yeah, I was going to say, though, Quentin Johnson does not look well, and I don't think Mike Williams is going to stay that much longer. Yeah, um, that is, and he's also been a trade candidate. I've seen him waved around in tra- in trade rumors, which is um, it would work out for them. But yeah, like probably. they are the their their wide receiver position is aging. Keenan Allen's getting older. Mike Mike Williams is always getting hurt. It wouldn't be the worst idea for them to go to Malik Neighbors and kind of get younger at the position. Maybe they give Quentin Johnson another chance. Maybe he could. I don't know. I'm I'm not saying that he's going to pan out, but I'm just saying it was his first year. So maybe maybe you give him another shot. But if they stay at five, I think you and I can agree it's going to be either offensive line or wide receiver. Or they trade back and they take corner. What do you think of that? For the Chargers, maybe. What else do you think they would do? Uh, I, I'm hearing wide receiver corner. I don't buy into the tackle hype for them, but I would feel that if it goes Williams, May, Daniels, Harrison Jr., 
And I'm thinking it's either Malik Neighbors or God help us, Brock Bowers. Sure. All right. We're going to move on. We're going to get to our trade candidates for this offseason. Always the most fun part because players who you think wouldn't move end up being moved in a blockbuster deal. We're going to go over that next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate. Seek Weapon Consulting, Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. All right, trade candidates. Uh, I'm going to come out come out with these in uh, rapid-fire fashion. And we'll lead off with probably the most popular one, which is Justin Fields. I think you and I have both agreed here. We believe, and if you f- feel differently, that's fine. We believe that they should trade Justin Fields. They clearly, it's been three years and it hasn't worked out. That means that either he can't play or he's just not a fit in their organization, which is fine, but you still got to move on from him. So two spots leading off, I think Atlanta would be a good spot. I think they have a lot of talent in their pass catching core. They just made a change in coaching which should help with their offensive their offensive staff, which has struggled this past year. Um, they, and they have a very good offensive line that can keep Fields on his own two feet. And this, off, this offense would be a lot more complementary to Justin Fields' style, which is running. I think this would work out very well for him. Um, also, the Steelers, I know you mentioned, CJ. Yeah. Because I, I don't really like Kenny Pickett. I never did. And you know, at the time, I was not a fan. And I know we all want to force the, oh, my God, University of Pittsburgh man gets drafted to Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, boy, what fun. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't see that. I do not. But, oh, my God, can you imagine Justin Fields with George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth? Oh, that's going to be fun. It would be pretty good if he if oh, he well not if you're talk, of course, but you know. Sure. But he's but, gonna be he's biased. He doesn't even care about whether it's a fit. Yeah. I just think what I'm worried about is his throwing ability in on in this league. He still has not proven that he can do it. Um he he's he hasn't proven that yet, that he can throw it on a consistent basis. And it feels like this is a team the Steelers, where you need a pass-first quarterback, a pocket passer, to succeed. Um, you have George Pickens, you have Pat Fryermuth, you have Deontay Johnson. This is a team that you need to throw with, especially since Najee Harris has not worked out. That offensive line is not friendly to running backs, let alone quarterbacks who try to run. Yeah, I just... 
I don't know. I feel like if you gave fields to a guy like Mike Tomlin, he could probably figure something out. And I mean, something you have Another to try nine and eight season. Right? Huh? Another nine and eight season. He'll figure that out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. But I just you have to try something. The offense has been stuck in a ditch for a long time. So you have to try something, right? Yeah. Hassan Reddick. He is, I, I believe he is requested to be traded. Has he been granted permission to seek a trade or has he just requested it? Who? Again? Hassan Reddick. I remember reading somewhere that he has been granted permission to seek a trade. Okay. Um, Hassan Reddick. Um, I mean, I look at Washington. If they decide not to spend in free agency and decide to go more towards mm. uh, the offensive line in free agency. Also, Reddick, I do believe, wants a pay raise, so there's going to be that to consider. Also, I don't see Philly trading in division. There's that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about the Dolphins? The Miami Dolphins, they've had a lot of injuries on that pass rush core. So for them to go out and trade for Hassan Reddick, make that team a lot more balanced wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because they're obviously all in right now. They want to win right yeah. now. And they had a very, I mean, I wouldn't say disappointing season. I guess you could say disappointing because they were supposed to be much better and they kind of fell apart at towards the end of the year. But you have Tyree Kill, you have Jalen Waddle, you have Tua, uh, you have Raheem Mostert, you have Devin Achan, all on that offense. Oh my God, you have to you have to go all in at that point. Go and get yourself some help on the other side of the ball. Because not, not to, it's not even to say that the the Dolphins have a bad defense. They need a better one. Yeah, it's true. All right, uh, going towards. How about Justin Simmons? Simmons of the Broncos is one that I think is more likely than people realize because let me inform you about the Denver Broncos. This little experiment they're trying might be over before it really begins. Russell Wilson, more likely than not, is gone. And this is a guy we might get to later, but Jerry Judy is probably also going to be traded. And Justin Simmons is at the milestone of 30 years of age, or he's rapidly approaching I think it's one of those situations where you have to do right by him, even though I think that's kind of a soft mindset. You have to like kind of like do right by him and, uh, you know, just. Well, yeah, he is 30. And yeah. Okay. He so is... he's 30. Yeah. No, the clock's ticking. Like, I don't know how much longer Simmons himself wants to be there. Because I remember a few years ago, there was like a big scare about how they kept tagging him. And there was like a big, oh, will, will he, won't he stay? I mean, at this point in time, you have to bite the ball, especially if Sean Payton wants to mold this team into a way that he sees fit. Well, just I'm once you hit thirty as an age for for a DB, it's more much more common for corners than safeties. Usually, you start to fall off around that time. So, I mean, not only is the clock ticking, you're taking it year by year at this point. Not all positions are created equal. This isn't this isn't like the quarterback position where you turn 30, your career is just getting started. Pretty no. Much. 
when you're a DB, it's once you're 30, it's any year your your career can just give out and you're not the same player. So you might want, and that was this past year. I believe he's about to turn 31. Some maybe, I don't know. So that is something to consider. So um he's yeah, he'll he's uh yeah, by the start of the year he'll still be 30, but um I think he turns 31 midway through the season. That still right. Still uh, you the clock is uh, it's not just ticking there it's almost up time's almost up for him yeah um, i think he should leave frankly as far all as right we go to another we go to another wide receiver prospect on the same team as justin simmons jerry judy and uh with that whole dilemma that happened between him and Jer- uh and steve smith the analyst uh so that he called him a mid-tier wide receiver. He didn't he said he wasn't very good. Jerry Judy went and chirped at him. And then he went on to put up what kind of numbers that were completely uh mid. Mm-hmm. What were the numbers again? I don't know off the top of my head, but he had like two catches for something yards. He what game bad. was that? It was against I completely the... forget. Um, but it was it was really bad. And it was a bad look for him because he was he called out Steve Smith for criticizing him in his game, which has not pl- which has not been up to snuff lately, at least not since he's been in the league. I mean, he was supposed to be in this unbelievable wide receiver, and I get it. He's played with bad wide re- with bad quarterbacks, but a lot of elite wide receivers have, and most of them still play really well. Remember DeAndre Hopkins early in his career. Yeah, the amount of junk that he played with in te- in uh, in Houston, and he was still perennially one of the best wide receivers in the game. Larry Fitzgerald had not so good uh, quarterback play; he still managed. Yeah, I'm just saying, like mm. I, his draft stock, or at least his his trade value, has tanked this year. And he kind of did it by himself. If he didn't yeah. call this upon him upon himself, if he didn't bring this upon himself by making a fool of himself like he did, he might still have some good draft. He might have some good value still. But yeah. he kind of brought this upon himself, and now it's at a point where people are saying, "Well, I mean, Steve Smith just called you out, and you proved him right." So yeah, and that's the thing. It's like a cardinal sin for a lot of athletes that I've noticed that. When you get called out by the media, you never, ever clap back. Because if you run your mouth and you fail, oh, my God, there's going to be a microscope placed on you. And a lot of it, I think, is ego because Steve Smith or uh, Steve, Steve Smith Sr., mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, he said something about how he's, like, unable to handle constructive criticism or something like that. I uh, here we go. That, yes. Yeah, he said, and I quote, Mentally unable to handle constructive criticism and called him an average wide receiver for it. Well, 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 you proved him right. And a lot of it's just ego. You didn't have to respond, but he he blew up the whole thing and it didn't work. Yeah. Cortland Sutton's a better wide receiver than him. Oh, absolutely. And he went through an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I wouldn't even call Cortland Sutton a wide receiver one. I mean, barely. If he is, he's a low end. But he's still a much better wide receiver. And one I would gladly take on the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, I would not. I don't know if I'd want Jerry Judy. I think he would be a he'd go for a third round pick at best at this point. He would not go for a first or second. No, absolutely not. I all right. Our next one. Brandon Ayuk. This is a player. So something feels off about Brandon Ayuk. He's always put he's put up better and better statistics as his career has gone on. He started off with just over a he started off with just under a thousand. Then he barely went over a thousand and then he got 1300 this year. So he's statistically gotten much better, but when you give it the eye test, he is, one could argue he's more of their third option. In fact, if you, in, in fact, in that offense, and it may say more about the 49ers offense than anything, but still, I don't want to, I just don't want to devalue. I don't want to ignore, turn a blind eye to this. He doesn't yeah. seem like he plays as big a role in this offense as you may think. Like, I just want, and you, do you remember during his second season in the beginning of the year, CJ? Yeah. That he wasn't playing many snaps. Like Kyle Shanahan, it almost felt like Kyle Shanahan was putting him in the doghouse. Yeah, I don't know why. And I do to this day believe that he was, and I don't know, but mark my words. Ayuk, I don't know. I don't know if he's actually happy there because I mentioned this after the Super Bowl. Some people in Ayuk's camp went out and said, "How do you only target him three times? We've had enough." Or it's like this is why he's leaving. So I don't know. It just like maybe it's the 49ers. Maybe it's their fault. I just don't want to ignore it. That's all. Yeah, I don't want to say that it's his fault. I don't want to say he sucks because he certainly doesn't. I'm just saying the fact that he doesn't – he's not really the focal point of that offense. And I know it's – I know it's – Offense than anything. I know it's an elite offense. This is like one of the best. You have all of these targets. But why does Debo Samuel play a better role? Why does George Kittle play a bigger role? Like why aren't you – I understand these are all elite targets, but why aren't you the better of them all? I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of that actually rests on scheme and coaching, but you know, it could, it could, which makes me wonder how would he do in a more traditional offense? How would he do on, let's say, uh, gee, I don't know. Let's say, how would he do on the Chiefs? He'd be pretty good on the Chiefs. Don't even, don't even. Oh, that man's getting 1600 yards and like 13 touchdowns on the Chiefs. Let's be honest. He should. He should. I'm saying he, he should be a really good player. And if he gets yeah. traded, I think he'll do very well. Something just feels off there. Yeah. All right. And it could be it could be the Niners. I'm not saying it's him. I'm just saying something feels weird. Um, here, I'm going to mention these two in the same breath because we are getting short on time. Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams. Oh, boy. A couple reasons why I mentioned them in the same breath. Number one, I would say it's more of a pipe dream that either of these players get traded mm-hmm. it could still happen something could change but like Devonte adams he has stated that he wants to be a raider he never he's expresses expresses displeasure and <coughs> how these and how vegas has treated this team 
but he still says this was his favorite team growing up. He wants to play with them. This is something that he always wanted to do. Besides just wanting to play with his his best friend, Derek Carr, who's now, who's now off the team. I just, I think because of that, he just, I think he should go ring chase. I think he should go find a new team and win a, win a Super Bowl while he's still in his prime. Because he's 31. It's going to get to a point where at some point, he's not going to be at a playing at an elite level like he is now. He should find his way somewhere where uh, yeah. he could actually win a ring. Um, but I don't know if he will. Stephon Diggs is in a different spot because the Bills haven't been bad. They've actually, in fact, been really good. But they can't seem to get over the hump. And it seems like the rapport between him and Josh Allen is fading fast. It doesn't look when remember his first year in 2020 when he was a bill and him and Josh Allen were like best friends. Doesn't it feel like it's a little off from that now? Yeah. I'm not saying they aren't friends anymore. Like they obviously need some sort of bond, but it doesn't seem like it, it was when they first started there. Yeah. And let me tell you something. We as NFL fans are fed this narrative about, oh, the Bills, they're such a close-knit organization. It's like a big family. It's all kumbaya. Let me tell you something. They are correct. It is like that when they're winning. But we have seen time and time again that whole happy image is nothing more than a facade. And we're seeing the cracks in the armor. Heartbreak after heartbreak in the postseason, we see players, namely Stephon Diggs, jumping at each other's throats. You know, he's pouting. He's just, you know, every, and it seems like for the past two seasons, there's the big will he, won't he game of, oh, will he demand a trade? Oh, he's posting cryptic things on social media. At this point in time, I'm just, I see past it. He can't fool me. It is that same thing that he usually does for attention. And Buffalo, they're, they're, they seem to be that whole always the bridesmaid, never the bride kind of deal. It's just well, – and as long as they have Allen you know, being a turnover machine, as long as they have the slimmer version of Mike McCarthy in uh, their coach there uh, – what's his name? Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. I don't – I just – I'm sorry. I don't. I don't see it. Because they just got to grin and bear it and – I mean – and – that's basically what's going to happen. Will things get yeah. better? Oh, absolutely not. But that's just how I see it. And a quick note on Adams. Sure. I just don't think he's going anywhere. I really don't. I Other don't than maybe the Jets, but the Raiders are going to demand a haul. And I don't think there's really going to be any team that's willing to meet those uh, requirements. Sure. Um, yeah. I I don't want it's it's become the boy who cried wolf for me, which is the same thing that I said about Aaron Rodgers before he left. Like, yes, we're it's going to get get to a point where he continues to hint at wanting to leave, and we're just gonna say, yeah, yeah, whatever, pal, whatever you say, because he's he does it all the time, every single offseason. But at one point, at some point, he's going to say, you know what, I actually want out. And we're not gonna believe him, but it actually happens. And it's all fun and games until Aaron Rodgers is a jet, right? It was the same deal there. Eventually, eventually, this frustration is actually going to boil over. He's going to say, you know what? I actually want out. And I don't think it's this year. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's this year. But it could be at some point in the near future. I mean, he's Diggs is getting older. 
and it's become becoming more and more apparent that uh the bills have a the bills may not get over the hump i don't want to i'm so hesitant to say that they won't but uh because talent wise josh allen is right there with with patrick mahomes but i don't know man this this is such a tricky situation for the bills they're always in contention but always fall short they're like a glo- they're like a they're like a dallas cowboys except they don't get as much gar- as much crap for it all right we're going to move on to our final segment we asked you guys for your boldest predictions for this offseason that's next this is the fumble Ruski podcast Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast. I'm Adam Wright. CJ had to go, but it is me here. And uh, we are going over the Fumble Ruski fan box. So we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So the question of the week was What is your boldest prediction? for these NFL playoffs, uh, excuse me, NFL for this, uh, NFL off season. And, uh, as we said, so the off season is interesting because it's a time where yes, there's no football being played, but there's no shortage of action. There's always something that's going on, whether it's a blockbuster trade, a big splash free agent signing, a big draft trade, the draft always just just it just the NFL draft happening is exciting. So a lot of great great things going on. So we wanted to get your thoughts. What are you guys thinking for your boldest predictions? So starting off, Lucas Ferreira said the Chiefs get Justin Jefferson. And as as insane as this would be if it happened, I know this is bold predictions. Dream on. This is such a pipe dream. I know that Justin Jefferson is an elite talent who probably, if he goes here, this would mean that he wants to go to a contender. I don't think the Chiefs are going to get him. And if they do, there's no way Minnesota would do it. I just don't think they would. Um, I know if they, they would want their draft compensation, but I also think the Chiefs have a target on their backs. They don't want the Chiefs to keep winning, meaning Minnesota will look at this and think, do we want to give Patrick Mahomes another weapon, a young one by that, to keep on continuing to win championships? I don't think so. I understand like I understand there's some pettiness to that, but I genuinely think that teams are going to think twice before trading their star players to the Chiefs. All right. Eli Turner said Justin Fields stay was, stays with the Bears. 
And this would obviously imply that the Bears go and trade uh, the first round pick, their number one overall draft choice. I personally, and CJ thinks this too, think this is a bad move. And I wish we had more representation on our podcast of people who believe that they should keep fields because there's a good amount of people there. Um, Now, listen, this kid has talent. I'm not going to dispute that at all. I'm just, it's, we're three years in now. We're three years in and he still has not proven that he can do it. That is a red flag to me. My criteria has always been for quarterbacks. You need to be able to prove that you are the guy within three years. If you haven't done it by then, then you know, then you won't at all. That's just my, that's just my thoughts. And so far that really hasn't, that really hasn't failed me. Usually they, they prove whether they are the guy or not in that time span. And if they haven't, then if they have, and if they, if they haven't, then, you know, that's another thing to look at. Um, all right, let's uh, press eject sports said race to the top for the bears pick the winner, new England. <sighs> so this is another person who believes that the bears will keep fields. And again, I wish I had more representation because my viewpoints, I've been very clear. I think they should trade fields, but if they do, I do. If they do go quarterback, if or if they if they stick with Fields, you're absolutely right. Excuse me. They should trade. Uh, they should trade the number one overall pick. You don't stay there if you're not going to take a quarterback. Um, and I think you can trade. I think you can trade a couple spots down and take Marvin Harrison Jr. At that point, it's going to be hard for Fields to actually. Uh, it's going to be hard for Fields to actually be a bust. Um, he'll be, but I I do think it'll be a two of situation, where yes, they're winning games, they're putting the your quarterback's putting up statistics, but it's just not. They're ju- you're just not a contending team. Like you can make him look a little better than he is, but at that point you're just masking what the player truly, what the player truly is. Um, but if it's new England getting this pick, if it's new England, uh, they, they got to go quarterback at that point. Um, if you're at number one, you don't take Marvin Harrison jr. All right. Uh, C D O Tros C dot Rose. I'm not sure. Let me know about the pronunciation in the comment section, but Kelsey Mahomes beef divides locker room. So maybe people didn't understand this fan box question. I wasn't asking for your predictions about next season. I was asking about this off season. So what do you think will happen in free agency? Um, in the draft trades, stuff like that. But Kelsey Mahomes beef. I didn't, I was unaware there was beef. If there is some, then that would be really something. Only thing is Kelsey is 35. A um, he's about to be 35. So if, if there is beef, it's not going to last that long because Kelsey won't be in the league qu- too much longer. And if he is, he's not going to be the same player that he was. 
Father Time always wins, um, especially for the tight end position. All right. Uh, Steve Nunya says Steelers trade for Justin Fields. Um, CJ and I were talking about this earlier on in the show. I think this would be a, a good a good fit for him. A team that is looking for a quarterback. Um, they already drafted one recently. So this would probably mean that you are going to that you don't want to commit another draft pick to it. So go and get Justin Fields. Um, and the best part of this is it won't take a first round pick to get him. It'll take um at worst a second round pick, which league consensus says that's what he's going to go for around a second pick. Um, and it could be third, fourth, either way, better than a first. All right. Um, Patrick Mahomes' own said Chiefs re-sign Sneed and Jones. Um, these are two positions, the corner and the, uh, the cornerback and the defensive line or edge rusher. I mean, he's, Chris Jones is basically a pass rusher. He's used that way. Um, these are very expensive positions. So with that in mind, um, it's going to be tough for them to re-sign them, but Mahomes wants to restructure his deal. So it could happen. Um, all right. Ian Mulhern said Justin Jefferson gets traded and Chris Jones goes elsewhere. So Chris Jones, um, he wants a lot of money. So if he does leave, then um, I see that being a possibility. And there's a lot of teams that need help on their interior defensive line. So Chris Jones has already won a, champ a couple championships. Maybe he wants to be paid now and be okay with losing. Washington is a team that sticks out for me. Um, Justin Jefferson being traded. It's a pipe dream right now. And uh, it looks like Jefferson wants to be a Viking, but if it falls through, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule them out trading him right now, because this is where he's still under contract for a little over a year. So it would make sense for them to go in and trade Fields now, while his value is sky high. And we teased this during the during our last episode, CJ and I. If they wanted to trade him, they'd still be fine. They have just, they have uh, TJ Hawkinson. They have Jordan Addison as a, a wide receiver one, and they don't really have the quarterback. Yes, they have Kirk Cousins, but how long do they have? Even if, and if they, if they don't resign him, even if they do resign re him, um, if they do resign him, or excuse me, if they don't resign him, then, um, I mean, you need a, you still need a quarterback. So, and I don't think Kirk Cousins was the guy anyways. He was a very talented quarterback. He didn't look like the guy who was going to win you a Super Bowl. Um, all right. Grayson Mortimer said A.J. Brown gets traded. This is a guy who has caused some issues in the locker room, apparently, for the Eagles. So if they wanted to go and trade A.J. Brown, um, they would probably get a first-round pick out of it. He's still one of the best wide receivers in the game. 
And he's fairly young. I believe he's what, 26, 27? He's not 30 yet. So he has that going for him. So he's still a good young, good young wide receiver where if he's traded to a contender, he could still win a ring. In fact, be a focal point of an offense that does it. Uh, Aaron Wise said Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the commanders for four first round picks. I'm not even entertaining that idea, Aaron. Come on. He's not. The Jets are not going to give up Aaron Rodgers, number one. Number two, he's not going for four first round picks. He's 39. In fact, he's going to be 40. All right. Ryan Burke said T. Higgins gets franchise tagged, then traded amid not wanting to play under tag. If the, yeah, if the Bengals franchise tag, uh, T. Higgins, one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to re-sign under a big deal or they trade him. They're not going to let him hit free agency again. They're not going to let him play under the tag. I think he's going to... I think the, the Bengals want to re-sign him badly enough so that a deal will get done. And if it doesn't, he's going to get traded. All right. Um, that's all our responses and all of our scheduled content. And with that, uh, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.